0: All right, let's welcome Pastor Tim. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, It's good to be with you this morning, and I want to thank all of you for your Uh, prayers and texts and emails as you prayed for my wife and I as we got sick, uh, but we are recovering. We thank the Lord for that. And uh, my wife has, uh, I think, one day to go on her quarantine. I think she's good to be back among the land of the living tomorrow, Uh, but she's uh, symptom free and uh, she got sick a little later than me and uh, wasn't as sick as me. And so the Lord showed her great favor. figures. (laughs) She always has that little special relationship with the Lord that I'm always a little jealous of. Uh, but, uh, I do appreciate all the, the kind, uh, uh text and emails, and uh, it was a great, great encouragement, praise the Lord. Anyway, so thankful that this is the last Sunday in 2020 as we move into 2021. Well I remember preaching uh, uh, really the first Sunday in January of 2020, and uh, talking about that 2020 is going to be a year of vision, uh, a year of uh, 2020 vision, and had no idea of what it would bring. Who did, right? Who knew? And I got a story out of 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 10 to 13. Story about Samuel the prophet and the victory over the Philistines. And then what he did when God gave them victory. He did something very unusual. And we've always heard the the story of uh, Ebenezer Scrooge. Well, the name Ebenezer is in this passage of scripture. It's actually a biblical name and it means stone of help. Stone of help. And so if we can look in our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 10 to 13. I think we all have stories to tell about 2020. Am I right about that? Stories of challenge, stories of trial, stories of sadness, but also stories of victory and stories of the faithfulness of God. And I want to talk about that a little bit here this morning. First Samuel chapter 7, starting at verse 10, it says, now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day, and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mitzpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Shen, and called its name Ebenezer, that name Literally means stone of help, all right? Called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far, thus far, the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they did not come anymore into the territory of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Thus far, to this point, the Lord has helped us. Samuel wanted to raise up an altar of gratitude and acknowledgement. Gratitude and acknowledgement. A gratitude, in other words, to praise the Lord for his faithfulness and his goodness and also an acknowledgement. We would not have made it this far without the Lord's help. We would not have made it this far without the Lord's help. So it's gratitude and acknowledgement. Samuel wanted to just take that opportunity after this great victory. Lord, I want to acknowledge you in this. We wouldn't have made it thus far. We wouldn't have had victory over our enemies. We wouldn't still be alive. We saw your hand and also an altar of thankfulness. Thank you, Lord, for being so faithful and so good to us. I think that at the end of 2020, this last Sunday, we here at Cornerstone Church, each and every one of us needs to do what Samuel did. We need to, as it were, like build this altar, call it our Ebenezer or our stone of help. The stone is our great stone, our great rock of our salvation. He, God is our helper. And at the end of 2020, what we can say is, thus far, Lord, you have helped us. Am I right about that? You have helped us through 2020. What a challenging, challenging year it was for us. In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts, inside were fears. Now, Macedonia was the place of the Philippian jailer, a place where the Apostle Paul and Silas were arrested, a place where they were beaten and cast into prison. And of course, I'm sure the outside were conflicts, persecution, inside were fears. Are they going to take our lives? Are we going to be left in prison forever? Or are we going to be persecuted to death? And so outside were conflicts, inside were fears. And I want you to know that that's the way trials can be sometimes. Outside of us are all these conflicts but inside, these outside conflicts produce internal fears. I want to talk about a few of those that we faced in 2020, or, or I'll, it'll be a testimony, a testimony for me, obviously, and perhaps you can identify with some of these outside conflicts. The, the first outside conflict that I can think of that happened in 2020 was obviously the COVID pandemic. I remember in the month of February... My wife and I had heard some things about uh, this virus coming over from China, and it was beginning to circulate and there were some concerns and uh, we had this trip planned to go to Peru and to do a minister's conference down in Lima, Peru and uh, sure enough, we just went ahead and did this and we thought it was kind of interesting. We saw some people, not a whole lot, but some people in the airports and on planes with masks on and uh, we thought that was a little strange and maybe. But a little overreacting to things, and so we made our way down to Peru and we did that uh, conference and uh, We made our way back and Stephen Shelley stayed one to two weeks longer to finish up ministry down there. And did you know that they made it out of Peru on the very last flight out before the entire nation shut down? So we were just a couple weeks from being stuck in Peru for who knows how long. But that was right at the beginning. So we get back from Peru, and uh, we were invited out to Colorado because uh, my son-in-law, daughter, they were in the midst of a... Uh, a, a building program, uh, trying to raise money to purchase a building or to buy land, to build a building. You know, they've been out there, uh, for all these years trying, you know, they planted Thrive Church, but, uh, they don't have their own place. They, they always are renting places and it puts them at a great disadvantage especially during a, a pandemic when they're always shutting things down, you know, just trying to have church. And uh, so they invited us out the first week there in March. So we get back from Peru, and now we're off to uh, Colorado. And uh, sure enough, now there's more masks in the airports, and we're thinking that's kind of strange as well. And we make our way out to Colorado, and we're part of that uh, uh, that fundraising campaign, and uh, they're they're raising hundreds of thousands of immediate dollars and millions of uh, pledged dollars, and uh, it was such a victory, and we were able to participate in that, and uh, and then we left that after that Sunday service, and we came back here to Michigan, and everything shut down. Everything shut down, just like that. It's kind of amazing. But that was the beginning. I don't know if you remember in March, the very beginning of this thing called the COVID pandemic. And uh, who knew that it would create such tremendous challenges and raise lots of fears and anger and strong opinions. And then not only was that part of 2020, and still is. And then you had uh, George Floyd and what happened with him and all of a sudden the racial unrest and the demonstrations and uh, uh, the violence and uh, the Black Lives Matter and uh, what are you going to say about this and what are you going to say about that and next thing you know, our country uh, is dealing with this pandemic and then all this racial turmoil and this racial unrest and then you throw into that the presidential election. <laughs> and and all the 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 feelings around this presidential election with Donald Trump and Joe Biden and all of that is happening and uh, uh, you know Christians are on edge over the racial unrest and of course strong feelings about the the COVID and the pandemic and uh, we got the vaccine coming up and people are already talking to me about that and I know that's going to be a challenging thing as well and this whole presidential election and uh you know, and then with this presidential election, people are wondering whether or not it was a true election or a fraud election, and and Democrat, Republican, progressive, conservative, and strong opinions in the church as well. Uh, a few weeks ago, I preached out of the out of the Old Testament, a passage of scripture. It's a little known passage of scripture, and I titled, titled it "To Shibboleth or Sibboleth, and in and I talked about how there are cultural issues that becomes so very important and become more important than our perceived unity in the spirit as Christians. And how we seize on these cultural shibboleths. In the Old Testament, If they mispronounced that word shibboleth and pronounced it instead of S-H, but rather S-I, shibboleth. They were put to death because they mispronounced it. And talking about major on minors and minoring on majors and the conflicts and all those things. Anyway, all those conflicts on the outside produced fears on the inside. Fears such as this, the fear of sickness, the fear of death, the fear of being on the wrong side of history, the fear of losing your freedom, the fear of losing your nation. The Bible says this, fear has torment. Well, 2020 was a year of conflicts on the outside, coupled with fears happening on the inside, which gets me to my story here, the stone of help, Samuel, the children of Israel. It wasn't too long earlier that uh, the Philistines had captured that ark and held it. And then God had delivered the ark back to the nation of Israel, and for 20 years it was staying at Bathsheba, and uh, there it was residing, and now God had raised up this prophet Samuel, and the Philistines were just this horrible enemy, and uh, God answers from heaven and delivers them, and how wonderful that was. And I want to talk about how in times like this, we need to do what Samuel did, and Take time and pause and say, Lord, I want to acknowledge you and I want to be thankful to you. In the midst of tremendous external conflicts... And internal issues of fears or uncertainties or confusion or anger or strife or division, whatever it might be that's happening on the inside, I just want to take a couple steps back and say, Lord, I am going to look to you And I'm going to remember you, and I'm going to place my faith in you, and I'm going to realize that my life is bigger than what's happening down here, and that I can take time to consider you in the midst of all that is happening in 2020. Can somebody say amen to that? Hmm. When do you set up your stone of help? Well, Samuel set it up after this great victory. You see, the prophet Samuel wanted to thank the Lord for the victory over the Philistines. And I ask you this Has God given you victories in 2020? Has it all been defeat? Has it all been discouragement? Has it all been darkness? Now, if you're like me, you would like to take 2020 and just kind of move it off the table and welcome something brand new, something that's going to be much better. Am I right about that? I know that's what I would like to do. But uh, I also want to stop and pause and say, as I look back, I see the amazing faithfulness of Almighty God. Listen, you are here today because your faith is still alive. You're still coming to church, you're still seeking to honor him and to worship him and to put God first. I want you to know that in part is because of the prevailing grace of God throughout 2020 that has kept each and every one of us. As your days are so, shall your strength be, the Bible says. And our days might have been filled with conflicts and fears and challenges and trials and difficulties. The arrows are beyond us in so many different ways. It's beyond our control. And yet in the midst of that, the prevailing grace of God has kept us. And here we stand. Here we stand. Here we stand, right? And so you set up your stone of help, your Ebenezer, if you don't mind me putting it that way, after great victories. Psalm 18, verse 19, the psalmist says this, he also brought me out into a broad place He delivered me because he delighted in me. I like that. He brought me out into a broad place. This has been a a year of quarantining, a year of isolation, a year of seclusion, a year of hiding, a year of smallness, as it were, maybe physically, but I want you to know that God can bring you into a broad place, that there's nothing that they can do to stifle or to hinder or to limit your inner spirit that believes and trusts God during this time. This is what it says in Psalm 18, verse 36. You enlarged my path under me, so my feet did not slip. Has God done that for you? enlarging the path underneath you so that your feet did not slip. You know, it could be very precarious and uh, you can, as it were, begin to doubt certain things and get very challenged and be filled with all kinds of bitterness or anger or whatever. Or you could say, Lord, you enlarged me during this time. I, I actually grew in the Lord. My faith was strengthened. Rather than being in a slippery place, I have found a sure footing as I trusted you and your promises, and my feet did not slip in 2020, but rather you were my security and my refuge, and I want to take this opportunity to say, Lord, I acknowledge that, and I'm thankful for that. You have been my stone of help, my stone of help. When do you set up your stone of help? Well, after victories. How about this? During the midst of the trial. That's right. You don't have to wait until the victory to acknowledge God and to be thankful to the Lord. Why do I say that? Because in the scriptures, Paul and Silas were cast into the prison. And while being beaten, cast into the prison in a time of great darkness. It was midnight. What did they do? They began to acknowledge and praise the Lord. They began to worship God. Began to worship God. You might be saying, Pastor, I'm not seeing the victory yet. I feel like I'm right in the middle of a trial. Well, what better time to say, Lord, I'm going to acknowledge you and bless your name in the midst of this trial. You see, when you do that, it's a declaration of faith. What you're saying is, God, I might not be experiencing deliverance right now, but I do believe this that you will deliver me. You will see me through, you will take me to the other side. There is coming a time when the prison doors shall open, I shall pass through, I shall come out on the other side into a large place, a broad place. I might not be experiencing it right now, but I'm going to lift up my voice and worship you in faith as a declaration that it is going to happen. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe you're not in the victory, but maybe you're in the trial, but you can still raise your Ebenezer, you can still take time and say, I acknowledge God in the midst of this trial. He is my deliverer. He shall deliver me. I will still worship the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. It's a sacrifice of praise. Even if I'm not delivered, I'm going to go down singing. (laughs) I'm going to go down worshiping, praise the Lord. Another time that you raise your Ebenezer or you set up your stone of help by way of acknowledgement and gratitude is obviously after a victory or even in the midst of the trial, but at the time of what I call transition. Transitions, seasons of transitions. And there's no better time than right now to raise your Ebenezer. This is transition time. In other words, what I mean by that, 2020 is coming to a close and 2021 is beginning. A new year is coming. And I realize that things might not change immediately on January 1st. 1st. The COVID might not end on January 1st. I understand that, but this is a time of transition. We're moving into a brand new year. Therefore, during this time of transition, now transition can be whatever. It might be moving into a new job, entering into a new relationship, dealing with a real loss and moving forward into something different or something, uh, something new. Uh, but this is a time or a, or a season of transition as we say goodbye to 2020 and hello to 2021. And, uh. I want. I want this. I, I don't want us to curse the darkness, but rather, I would rather us worship the light. You know, it, it's a it's an attitude about 2020. As we look back, we can curse it, or we can thank God. We can curse it, or we can thank God. And I, I think the the perspective that you have. And the attitude that you choose to have will go a long way to ministering internal spiritual health. You know, so many people in the world are cursing the end of 2020. And I'm not saying that you just blow it off and not acknowledge it. If you come across people that, man, they're just cursing 2020, you can say, yeah, I get that. I totally get that. But you, I want you to know. And then you have this testimony. I want you to know that the Lord was with me. And I've learned uh, the law of adversity, that we grow stronger in challenging times. And uh, yes, it was very challenging, but the Lord was right there. He saw me through. He answered my prayer. He met my need. He was there for me, and he can be there for you as well. And so rather than cursing it, let's worship him, right? Let's not curse the darkness, but Thank the Lord for the light that he has given us. Now, it's interesting. Samuel said this. He called it Ebenezer. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. I want to give a testimony about three ways that the Lord helped me in 2020. Because he's our helper. The Bible says he's the God of all comfort. My help cometh from the Lord. Well, Samuel said the Lord has helped us thus far. So right to this point, thus far he's helped us. And it's actually a statement of faith that not only has he helped us thus far, but he will continue to help us. And I I believe that too, don't you? God's going to continue to help us. But how has the Lord helped you in 2020? I want to share with you how the Lord has helped me in 2020. And the first thing I did is by being my sure foundation. (laughs) 2020 was a year of shifting sand, a year of shaking, a year when uh, it was tough to get your feet underneath you and feel secure. Everything seemed to be moving, everything seemed to be shifting, and it was hard to know where to stand. There was the shifting sand of culture, public opinion, personal feelings, human wisdom, and the need for popularity. But I want you to know that those things that I call shifting sand, you can't stand on any of that. You've got to learn to stand on what I call the sure word of God's word. The sure foundation of the written word of God. How important that is. Now I found that his word Is true. I've always believed that since I've given my heart to the Lord. I preach that. And I've learned that in the times when things are shifting and shaking and moving and get uncertain, that if I can go to the Word of God and just root myself right there in His Word, right there in what the Bible teaches, stand firm on that, then it gives me an inner stability that the world doesn't know anything about. Woe unto those that do not have a working knowledge of Scripture because when times are starting to shake, if they're not rooted in the Word of God, then they will be shaken just like everybody else. 2020 has not diminished my belief that God is sovereign and still in control. And that God is good and that he loves me. And that God cares for me and provides for me and that Jesus Christ is my perfect Savior. I am as firm about that as I ever have been. I believe his promises are true as much as I did at the beginning of 2020. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. It tells us in 2 Samuel 22, verse 47, the Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation hallelujah he's the rock of my salvation he's such a large rock he doesn't move when everything else is being moved around him in psalm 62 verse 2 it says this he only is my rock and my salvation he is my defense i shall not be greatly moved don't you like that i shall not be greatly moved to be moved to be moved away from your confidence, to be moved into a place of fear, to be moved in a place of uncertainty, to be moved away from the truth and into the uncertainty of cultural opinion. You know, there's one political party that's called the Progressive Party, the Progressives. I want you to know that they are constantly—it's the idea of progress. We are making progress. We're moving forward. And so things are always shifting and moving forward. And what you thought was right or good, next thing you know, if you're not careful, I'm talking about politically and culturally, if you're not careful, what was considered right and good has now moved out from underneath you. And if you had that position that was completely, according to culture, legitimate position Uh, Within a short period of time, six months to a year later, if you are saying that or believing that, you now have been moved away from a legitimate position into an illegitimate position, and you're now subject to being canceled. Everybody feel like culture is moving quickly? and that what used to be acceptable no longer is acceptable it might have been acceptable as short as six months to a year ago but all of a sudden now that you have that opinion you're now outside the mainstream Progressing, moving, 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 moving. And it makes me feel like, you know, where can I even stand here? As Christians, we're not supposed to stand in the midst of culture and try to keep up with culture. We're supposed to stand on the word of God and be revolutionary to what's happening in our culture. And I found that that's a great place for me to stay. Is right centered on the word of God and the truth found in the scriptures. So we got this God being my sure foundation. i have so thankful to the Lord. I've just so rejoiced in the Lord, found security there. I went back time and time again to it. Lord, the truth of your word, what does the Bible have to say about this? That's where I'm going to be. That's where I'm going to stand The second way in which God has helped me is by giving me words from God, words from God. I shared this with you, but I'm going to share it again. One of the first words the Lord spoke to me in the month of March when the COVID pandemic hit was Psalm 46, verse 10. And I did not realize at the time how much it would keep me, but it's Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I am God. I had no idea that there'd be such conflict such anger and such uh, division around this pandemic inside God's church, inside the church. Well, the Lord said, I just want you to be still and know that I'm God. Believe me, rest in me, don't let your emotions get caught up. Don't start saying things that you'll later regret. Don't feel a certain way. Calm yourself down. Be still and know that I am God. It's all around you in the culture and then also in the church. Ah, 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 ah. And I keep going back to this word. Just to be still and. And know that I am God. You know, uh, hindsight is 2020, right? And uh, 2020 vision is great. And uh, I will say this I'm not sure I made all the right decisions I needed to make uh, in 2020 as a pastor on decisions and the various issues and things like this. I'm not so sure about that. As I look back, there's, there's things I probably would have done a little bit different or said a little bit different, uh, but honestly, not that much. Not that much. Why is that? Because I felt like I was being obedient to the Lord to zip it, to tap it down, to find my place in God, to not get all worked up, to not enter into conflict, to not be motivated to say things that I wasn't ready to say, right? They always want you to say things you're not supposed to say. <laughs> and I ain't saying that. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that. And, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I love Romans chapter 10, you know, talking about being saved, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And then Corinthians says, no one can say Jesus is Lord, but by the spirit of God. A lot of times uh, people saying you need to say this. You need to say this. You need to come out and say this. You need to say this. And, and my testimony would be Jesus is Lord. I figured that's that's the that's the confession that the spirit of God is trying to get me to say and uh, that proves my salvation and I'm not saying anything else Amen. Just simply because people are motivating me to say something and uh, anyway so and that was in part because the Lord told me to be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. And a companion verse which I love is Isaiah 30 verse 15. It says in returning and rest you shall be saved. And quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And uh, there's there's something about placing your faith in God Resting in him, he can give you a quiet spirit and a confidence in God. You don't have to prove anything. I, I love this. Nothing to prove, nothing to lose, nothing to hide. That's a great place to be. I don't have to prove <laughs> anything. I don't have to hide anything. Just trying to be honest, a person of integrity and uh, nothing to lose either. What am I supposed to, I'm losing my reputation. Well, my reputation belongs to the Lord. Hmm. I love Acts chapter 18. It says this, and the Lord just quickened this verse to me. Now the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision. Do not be afraid, but speak and do not keep silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to hurt you, for I have many people in this city. Uh, you know, the Lord just told me to, uh, and out of Acts chapter 18, we're about ready to fire up services again, uh, the end of May, first part of June. And the Lord just quickened that verse to me. He says, I just want you to stand and speak the word of God. Uh, don't don't be fearful don't look at their faces don't worry about anything you just stand and speak and uh, I'll give you the words don't worry I've called you you're in my hands I'll defend you I'll protect you you just take out the word of the Lord just stand right there just declare the word of the Lord I am watching over you you just do that my servant yes Lord yes Lord hallelujah it's kind of interesting i 'm going to share this and uh, you may or may not agree with me on this, but uh back in the late spring i was reading uh I was reading a uh, a prophet and uh he 's prophesying and prophesying and prophesying and As I was reading, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of minister friends, and they send me the latest prophecies from this person. And did you see that on TV? And did you hear that online? And this prophet is prophesying this and prophesying and prophesying and prophesying. You know, I get a lot of that. And, uh, you know, uh, late spring, early summer, I felt like the Lord told me, don't give in to the prophecies. Don't give in to them. It reminds me back in Y2K. Remember Y2K? That's back in the year 2000 and the computer crash and and uh, the uh, the civilization as we knew it was going to come to an end because the computers couldn't deal with uh, the zero zero and uh, everything was going to, planes were going to fall out of the sky and, uh, you know, just a uh, coming economic earthquake and the prophets were prophesying back then as well. And I was in a minister's conference, and the ministers were prophesying, and they were saying, you need need to go to small groups because it's going to be against the law even to have church, and if you don't get ready now, uh, you you won't have a church left over, and uh, I didn't feel any of this. And I was called upon to speak publicly at this minister's meeting. Well, well, Brother Tim, tell me what you think about all this. And uh, I said, well, honestly, I think the government's going to figure it out. And uh, I want to give a caution to all of you that are prophesying or predicting these things. I mean, I'm literally speaking publicly to all these ministers, most of which I didn't even know, speaking after they had prophesied it. I said, I just want to give you a caution that uh, I would hedge my words because if you're not true, you're going to lose all your credibility with your people. And it didn't happen. What they prophesied didn't happen. I said, I would hedge my words. I would say, well, I, I would say, I, would be, I believe the Lord is speaking and revealing this. Now, I might be wrong, but based upon how I'm sensing the Holy Spirit dealing with me, we're going to be making some changes because I'm thinking that this might, in other words, just put a little doubt in it because you're predicting the end Of civilization and putting the name of God to it. Well, that's back in Y2K. I felt the same caution here. Don't give in to these prophecies. Uh, A person came up to me a couple weeks ago and and, uh, they're all troubled because. They're standing on these prophecies, and these prophecies aren't happening the way that they said they were going to happen. And they trust these prophecies, and now what are they going to do about their relationship with this prophet that prophesied these prophecies that they don't think are coming to pass? And I said, Listen, when somebody gives a prophecy, this is what I do I take that word and I hold it before God. Because I believe in the prophetic. I believe in prophets. I take it and I hold it before God. Yes, Lord. Okay. Thank you, Lord. I said, the last thing I do is I don't take that prophecy and put it under my feet and try to stand on it. I said, because I've learned... That sometimes these prophecies, they don't come to pass. And I'm not standing on a prediction through a human vessel, especially somebody that I don't know. I'm not going to stand on that and lean on that and base my reputation on that. I'm going to take that and rather than standing on it because it just becomes shifting sand, I'm going to just hold it before God. Just holding it before God. And if it comes to pass, then I thank the Lord. And if it doesn't come to pass, then I wasn't standing on it. I felt like the Lord told me way back, late spring, early summer, don't get involved in these prophecies. You can lose your credibility, and they can literally become shifting sand. Now, I know. Many of you have talked to me about these prophecies, and when you do, you know what I do? I just hold it before the Lord. <laughs> That's what I do. I'm just holding it before the Lord. But I am not standing on them at all. I had this one minister, and I told him about that, and uh, he gave me a call, and boy, he, he, <laughs> I put him on speaker because he's pretty strong and wanted my wife to hear it. And uh, he was very, very strong with me about it, and, uh, just bringing me a real strong correction. And uh, I'm going to be calling him in another couple months and to see how he's doing. Just seeing how he's doing. <laughs> so we, we will see. We will see. But you know what? The words from God. Oh, I'll tell you what, they help me so much. Be still and know. In returning and rest, you shall be saved. Be strong and speak the word of the Lord. Don't worry about people. Don't stand on the prophetic utterances of men, but rather hold them before the Lord. And one final way that God has helped me is by giving me companions in tribulation. (laughs) You know, the Lord is a wonderful helper, but a lot of times he sends help not just by uh, bringing you words from God, you know, and that very present help in time of trouble of his spirit, but a lot of times he brings people in your pathway, and uh, they can be a real strength and a real help. And uh, by way of testimony, my wife's not here today. Uh, She's just trying to recover, but uh, my wife has been a wonderful help to me. And then on top of that, my staff has been a wonderful help to me. And uh, we have served the Lord together in the midst of this pandemic and racial strife and presidential election, you know, and we've tried all kinds of crazy things to move this church forward, and uh, thank God for that. My, My leadership board has offered advice and counsel and support and prayer and comfort and encouragement. My church is been faithful in their giving and serving and worshiping the Lord. And I got so many minister friends that have prayed and encouraged me how awesome that is. I I was down uh, in Tennessee, uh, visiting my wife's mom and her sister, uh, just a little bit ago. When was that? That was in the month of November, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the month of November. And, uh, uh, our governor was shutting things down for another, was it three weeks? And of course, she's added on to that and added on to that. Hey, anyway, what can you say, right? And, uh, This pastor called me and he said, "I don't know what to do. She's shutting it down. I think we should shut the church down. We need to shut the church down. What are you doing?" I said, "Well, we're not shutting the church down. We're just going to stick stick with it. But I think we should shut our church down." I said, "Listen, my friend. I said I don't have a one size fits all word from God for you. You know your church. You know your leadership. You know what's happening in your community." You do what you feel God would have you do. Just trust the Lord. And we pray together and we encourage each other in the Lord. And he did what he felt he needed to do. And he has since opened back up again. And uh, he just really felt like he needed to do it a certain way. And uh, he just called for some encouragement. And uh, listen, for all the pastors that I know out there, they're all over the place on what to do. Seriously, they're all over the place on what to do and they hear from God or they're trying to hear from God and, and uh, but for the vast majority of them, they've just been right there, we've been right there just holding each other's hands, just trying to make it through in this time of great challenge and we're raising up our stone of help saying, Lord, I'm not sure we did it all the right way. But you were there. We looked to you. We made the best wise decision possible through the multitude of counselors. And Lord, here we are. We've made it this far. Praise God. We've made it this far. Praise God. Amen. And so 2020, let's do that. Let's all stand, church. Can we do that? Let's all stand. May, you may or may not agree with everything that I felt like the Lord encouraged me with. That's okay. That's all right. I just wanted to give it by way of a testimony. But I do want to do this. It's the end of 2020, and you might it might be the problems might be behind you or you might be in the midst of the problems, whatever the case may be. Let's acknowledge and thank the Lord that he has brought us safe, To this point. Can we say that? He's brought us to here. And thank you, Jesus. And I'm not going to curse 2020, but I'm going to rejoice in the Lord and by faith look for better in 2021. That's what I'm going to do. I'll look for better in 2021. All right. Hold out your arms like this. Now let's give 2020 to the Lord. We just give it to you, O Lord. And we say, thank you for seeing us through. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for meeting our needs. Thank you for giving us wisdom. Thank you, Lord, that you are a very present help in time of trouble. We acknowledge that you are in the midst of it all. And Lord, you have helped us to this point thus far, and we are people of faith, and we believe as we step into 2021, you are going to be right there in our 2021. And all God's people said yes and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you.